1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Welcome to the suitcase and the scribe with award-winning journalist Scott Burnside and former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Hey
1: everybody, Scott Burnside coming live from Tyler your Juremchek's room in lovely Las Vegas. Of course, Mike McKenna joining me as well. An impromptu session mm-hmm. of the suitcase and the scribe and the Tyler.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to sit here and ham it up a little bit. And I mean, I, we come into the park MGM and I look out my window and I got a great view of the strip. And Tyler, you got to. You got, some you, got nice, you got a nice view of the, the AC units out here, man. How you been yeah. living the last couple of days?
2: Yeah. Like I opened up my blind when I got here and I was expecting again, like, and I know it's only whatever fourth or fifth floor, but I was expecting, you know, maybe like a nice little like angle look at the strip. I look at a parking garage and some AC vents that they were up early this morning doing work on,
1: <laughs> which is fantastic. But thankfully housekeeping game while we were at the all Star game. So it's respectable so, okay. here very tidy very tidy and tidy is what uh, is what we are going to refer to now as all-star weekend comes to a close we're uh, not too long after the metropolitan division coming up with a 5-3 victory in the championship game uh Claude Giroux named MVP Michael let's start with you um the games themselves and and let's talk about Claude Giroux's performance mm-hmm. here this weekend sort of he's an interesting figure I think not just for the Metropolitan Division here, but uh, across the NHL as we contemplate the trade deadline coming up on March
0: 21st. What I thought was so interesting is that usually in all-star games, you look to the young guns with a lot of energy to come out flying and make a name for themselves. And we saw some of the old guard play pretty well today. And and it was a mixed bag. But for Claude Giroux to be the MVP and play as well as he did, I was impressed by it. And this is in a game that the first, I mean, let's be honest here, the first first matchup didn't have a whole lot of jam to it. And Scott, you jokingly said that we're going to give the MVP award to the player with the highest heart rate <laughs> or right. average heart rate. And uh, I would have been on board for that, but there was actually a sense of seriousness with some of the players. And I mean, Giroux looked like he was trying pretty hard. Yeah, He wasn't just saucing the puck ground. He's playing with a purpose and yeah, he was really good. And You know, ironically enough, this is a player who is likely going to be on the trading block if he so chooses with the Philadelphia Flyers come trade deadline and put him back on the big stage. So I, I thought, especially as the game progressed on, as expected, the seriousness of it really ramped up. And when there's a million bucks on the line, even if you're making 10 sheets a year. That's still decent coin spread amongst the 11 players on each team. So I thought it was pretty entertaining, especially at the end.
2: You could tell though. Yeah. Like at the end there, when things got a little, not chippy, but like the checking was a little bit harder, the stick checking, the stick lifts were a little bit more aggressive and things like that. So yeah. Like once it got down to the end, I think, I mean,
1: obviously athletes, natural competitive instincts, they kinked in a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I, we were chatting with Rod Brindamore and they Uh, interview room after the championship. And uh, first of all, he (laughs) said he didn't know that there was money on the line because I asked him what the coach's cut was and he was unaware that they played for a million dollars. But he talked about um, what surprised him was the chatter on the bench in that second game, and as the game progressed, just the the guys sort of encouraging each other, and you know, they weren't demanding full on back checking, you know, frank shots, exactly. No one's going down to get in the <laughs> lane, and that no one's going to win a selkie at the All Star weekend. But Rod expressed real surprise, um, that the guys were that into it and that they, you know, that were encouraging each other not to let up and stuff like that.
0: Well, so. I think we all got really wide eyed when the central. Team pulled UC Saros at the end, down five on three. And the next thing you know, you're looking at a four on three power play. And we all looked and went, Oh, geez, they're snapping it around out here. Yeah. yeah you were. know, I mean, they went right into the overload and it looked like an NHL power play, you know. And so I, I thought that really was indicative of how the game had gone. And when you get close to the end, it really starts to come through. And Tristan Jari was phenomenal, yeah, really phenomenal. MVP. I think so. It's. It, very rarely does yeah. a goalie win it. You're not on the ice the whole time because you do have to split it with your goalie partner. But I loved watching Jari today. I loved how active his stick was. I think he picked off 35 passes. It felt like, and I like in the three on three, obviously from the goalies perspective that they get to handle the puck a bit, you know, at one point, uh, Andre Vasilevsky chucks a long bomb down the ice. I think yeah.
1: it, Freddie Anderson got an assist. Freddie Anderson had an assist as well. Man, I think in, he leads uh, the league actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So
0: that's uh and, and quick, Quick factoid there. Do you happen to know, Scott, who the all-time leading scorer is for goaltenders? Mm. Would I guess Ron Hextall? You I would guess. guess that. Yes. Grant Fuhrer. Really? Okay. And, and I, you know, <clears throat> for, for most in a season, I do believe Fuhrer has the record all-time as well. Wow. It helps when you play with a couple guys on the Oilers named Gretzky and Curry and yeah. Messier and coffee and he just bumped that baby up and he was the guy but at three on three you really get to see the puck fly around off the goalie sticks
1: yeah uh what else all right tyler let's what else uh, stuck out for you we've been here for <laughs> yeah three or four days now and talked to a lot of people you've done an amazing amount of work good I, on you yeah thank take, you take yeah. the rest of the day off yeah, I, I
2: plan on it. Absolutely. I'm already <laughs> show getting, up
0: at dinner. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm already there.
2: I'm, I'm already getting going on the relaxing a little bit with what I got sitting in front of me here. And we're all enjoying a little bevy, which is nice. Vegas style podcast. Um, I'm surprised just how many people on the strip. Like you can't go 20 steps without running into someone wearing NHL gear. Like there's a lot of fan bases here and the Pro Bowls in town. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't tell the Pro Bowls in town. It's true. You know, the NHL All-Star Games in town. Signage everywhere. There's casinos. Like I'm sitting there playing blackjack on a mat that has the Golden Knights logos everywhere while the screen is running advertisements for the,
0: for the all-star game. So when we first got here, remember this, Scott, Tyler, who's, uh, hasn't experienced this yet since the Vegas Golden Knights have been in Vegas that I know of. You hadn't been here previously. I I came here right before the pandemic actually. Okay. So you'd been here before. remember you saying, well, I'm going to go try to find some place to watch the Edmonton game. Yeah. Yeah. I said, don't worry. It'll be on because yeah. that, but that's the way every bar is here. Mm-hmm. Every sports book is hockey is on in Vegas, nonstop. Now yeah. it didn't used to be like that. And ever since the golden Knights arrived mm-hmm. in town, you don't have to find hockey. It'll find you while you're in the casinos. That's me.
1: Well, I'm, I'm curious about your experience, Mike, because you spent time here. You worked to co- with providing color commentary for the golden Knights. Well, and t- what, what happened when we left the arena after skills last night, we oh got about five feet and people were swarming Mike McKenna is <laughs> it was it, he's he is uh couldn't pull off our live hit without people I, I know, begging no for kidding. pictures <laughs> want to get in there there's Mike come on but what's it, what's it been like for you to be back here and were there you know were there people like I think you went and saw a former teammate during yep. the game today like what's it been like for you because you you have a real connection to this community
0: I do I, and in some ways it's 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 a growing connection in different ways you know I mean I came here and started my pro career and then some of those people are still around in the city, ex-teammates, and <coughs> you circle back to this type of event and coming into an arena that I worked in just this past year, it was almost like I was kind of an apparition to the people as I went <laughs> past. You know, A lot of fans recognize broadcast talent very easily, yeah. and I for, I for, was very naive to that when I was first year and didn't realize that my head was going to be 50 feet tall in a <laughs> sports book screen, so it was just really nice to walk around and be recognized in some ways. And and to me, it's never overwhelming. It's just really cool. And to feel appreciated and have people say, Hey, we miss you. And you did, you know, we thought you did a great job, like kind of warms your soul a little bit, but I'll I'll be honest, it was a little bit surreal walking around the building. Even, you know, I wanted to go back to the perch in section 117, that Darren Millard and I worked from, and I wanted to go up to the media room and, and see everyone. But ultimately at these types of events, Scott, you've done this for a long time, It's actually really hard to see everybody you want to see.
1: No, you were absolutely right, Mike, and and I think we talked about it early in the week when we got here. I, I think this event was really important. <laughs> I felt it was personally important, but I think it was important for a lot of people because you know, in some, you know, it's the first All Star Game since uh, the All Star Game in 2020 uh, in St. Louis, and you do have you have a chance to get back and reconnect with people. And you know, I had a chance to chat with Pete DeBoer after media day, and you know, Pete and I are old Windsor guys, and you know, over the you, you just haven't had a chance to have those kinds of moments where you are just, you're talking about your family or you're talking about mutual acquaintances and stuff like that. And, and you're right. There's a lot of people here and it is, it's a busy, there's lots going on. Um, And I thought, I thought it was a ton of fun. I, you know, we talked a little, you know, after the skills and certainly, you know, we joke about the effort maybe from some of the players at least early in the three on three to me, you have to take all of that with a, 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 Big grain of sand, of sand or salt, uh, whichever, <laughs> choose your poison. Uh, and just don't get too worked up about it, right? Some of the events are maybe gonna fall a little flat. Um, whatever it is. I to me, it's it's about more than it's bigger than the sum of its parts because it is an important event for the league. And I think for the for the fans and, and certainly for the media. I don't think you'd find anyone who attended
2: this event as a fan who didn't have a great time. Like you walk like the skills competition last night, we can get into that too, but that was great. You walk up to the arena today. It was Apologies to the American viewers because I don't know Fahrenheit. It was 15 Celsius. The sun was on you. you. I
0: got you. I got you. (laughs) Multiply by two and add 30. So we're going to go 30, 60 degrees Fahrenheit for the suitcase. There you go. That's that's a good one. I need to to
2: remember that. I learned that that at school. Uh, But the sun was on you. There was music going in front of the arena. You got the big pucks and kids posing for pictures in front of the pucks. And people have their beers and there's a beverage lady roaming around. And it's like, this is a celebration of the league more than it is an all-star game. It's a chance for everyone to come together and for fans in the city or in the case of Vegas, a lot of fans who traveled in for this to get to see their favorite players and and just have a good time. And I feel like the people who bash it or like, you know, I tweeted out all-star games underway. Like here's the, I tweeted out the betting odds, of course. And someone was like, who cares? And I was like, well, obviously not you guy
0: tweeting me from Edmonton enough to tweet about it, didn't you?
2: Right. But like, it's for the people who get to come here and it's for the people who get to experience the festival. It's not meant to be like a everyone go 100% all out all star game.
1: Yeah. Well, and I want to ask you this, Mike, and I think you may be uh, planning to write about it, but um, Zach Hills, the great PR guy for the Philadelphia Flyers posted a picture um, after the event today and it's Claude Jeona's son sitting in the dressing room I don't know if you saw it I, I think it's it just That's amazing. Uh, he might be entirely by himself but certainly it's pretty much an empty dressing room at mm-hmm. the least and there's Claude in there with his son and I love that even you know the, today and the in, before the games and some of the kids are out there with their gear and during the skills competition it may have been Joe Pavelski's kids were in Dallas gear and stuff like that when you what's that mean it's it's a meaningful for the players in that sense too, right? That the, they get to share that with their
0: kids. As you progress throughout your career and inevitably almost everybody ends up having kids, you get married and kids, it's just normal that you look for those moments that you can share with them, that you can cherish down the road. Yeah. I played the last year of my career strictly so that my youngest daughter could potentially remember me as a hockey player. Yeah. I wanted her to have that. And I look at Pavelski's kids on the ice, Jonathan Martius, kids on the ice, yeah. Petrangelo's kids on the ice, Cam, Tal- Cam Talbot carrying us uh, one of his kids around while he's skating around after the skills competition. And like yeah. you said, Claude Giroux, like they're not, these aren't just picture moments. Yeah. You know, they're not just fun moments in time. These are things that will live on and they become family lore, you know, and, and you start to play for something bigger yeah. because you walk out of the rink after a game and you see the smile on your kid's face. And especially when they're little, they could care less how the game goes, <laughs> and they and they really, I truly think that players get a second life in their careers when they have kids. I really believe that it it gives them perspective and something to play for uh, beyond themselves. Yeah, and it's really cool, and, yep. and I. Yeah, it's just a, it's a neat moment for claude afterwards <laughs> yeah,
1: he saw the clip of steven stamkos so good oh my god his his son's with him during the media post-game briefing they lost the first game so they were done in uh-huh. you know, 40 minutes but his son was like <clears throat> in fact stamkos left the media briefing so his son could go and watch the zamboni because he kept asking if you haven't seen the clip and you're listening to this, you need to go find
2: it. His find kid
0: it.
1: is like screaming
0: that he wants to go see the Zamboni. It's yeah. so adorable. I used to, I used to want the Zamboni to come out and clean up the hockey mess. That's what I would tell <laughs> to my mom. And, you know, we did discover something today though, Tyler, that was a little bit unexpected that, I mean, I think, I think Scott over here was a, a much bigger machine gun Kelly fan than we ever mm-hmm. knew. I mean, was yeah. anybody vibing harder in the arena? That's i side actually <laughs> sleeping at that moment, but that's not apparently. what your legs looked like. <laughs> you had the a, restless was, leg going. You
2: were you were murmuring along the
1: lyrics. <laughs> not you not some me. you could somehow make them out in
0: my head, in
1: my head. I didn't even know. Well, anyway, I thought that was cool too, though. Like I, yeah, the way I they brought him in, yeah, that's neat. I, I, yeah, you played suspended above the ice for a while, and yeah, no, I, 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 I enjoyed that. Well,
0: and listen, like people will complain endlessly about who. Ever plays at intermission, yeah, and I mean, MGK, I know, has got plenty of controversy that surrounds him here and there, but I thought he put on a good show. Honestly, I thought it was a, you know, it was a clean show that fans could enjoy. Ripped through a couple songs. It's a rock. I mean, I guess he's a rock artist now that he's made the transition. Yeah, Uh, I always thought
2: he was a rapper. I'm I'm a big hip hop guy, and I remember when he was a bit of a rapper. But
0: but. I mean, like, yeah, you know, we got some drums and some guitars, and and I don't know. I just thought it was a good vibe. I thought the fans seemed to enjoy that, and um, the more that the NHL can cross over like that, the better. I even saw Connor McDavid almost smiled in a picture with MGK. And that was, that was a big step forward for him. So, uh, we'll see how that goes in the future. Maybe they got a budding bromance and we can leverage that in hockey.
2: So MGK is wearing in the picture, of the two of them, he's wearing whatever, like just kind of black and white. And someone took a screenshot of it and captioned it. And it's McDavid going like, Hey, you remind me of my kitchen from the magazine. <laughs> <Wow. needed. laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> well,
0: do you, do you guys let's let's flip back to the game here real quick, because I have a really distinctive favorite memory of today's games. And we have to say that plurally. OK, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I want to go around the room first before I give mine. But Tyler, do you have one moment from the game that really sticks out to you as a, as a favorite or just something cool?
2: One moment that sticks out to me. There was a moment early in that first game where McDavid had to defend a two-on-one and you could see the grin on his face <laughs> as he skated backwards and was like, I have to do this. Like, <laughs> when was the last time Connor McDavid would have had to be skating backwards, defending a two-on-one? Point. Um, so that was pretty funny for me. Uh, other than that, though, like I I really got a kick out of watching Giroux, Bergeron and Stamkos, the 3 older guys they would have been three of the older oldest guys at the event they went hard Mm -hmm. there was a couple times bergeron would like kind of swivel and like throw a hip into a guy and you could tell the guy was like whoa what the hell everyone else is going 30 percent. bergeron's at like 70 percent, and you could tell so those are the two that i
1: definitely got a kick out of i like the uh, offside challenges myself i like oh, that <laughs> i okay. didn't
0: even know you could do that in an all-star can we league, just right? throw the lines <laughs> out the window and play pod hockey that Was
1: a great idea oh.
0: that we talked yeah. about
2: that like why no no puck drops just if yeah. you score you tag up Yep. And I, I like the idea of doing that. But yeah, the offside
1: review is great. <laughs> so, okay. It wasn't the offside review. Um, i trying to think. I don't know. I, I enjoyed Jack Hughes' um, performance. And it was interesting because Rod Brindamore was talking after the game. Um, you know, what, you know, can you, or somebody asked him if you can use something like this as a jumping off point or, you know, what happens, you know, going back to the regular season. And I thought he made a good point. He says, I think it's really important for young players. You know, this is Sebastian Ajo's second all-star, but he's still very young and but an incredibly important part of the Canes team. But Jack Hughes, um, Kaprizov. I mean, look at think of all those all the young players, Brady, Chuck um, and Rod's point was it, for them to spend three or four days around. The best players in the game, Victor Hedman, Claude Giroux, um, Petrangelo, uh, um, you know, go down the list that there really is an osmosis that can take place. And I never really looked at it that way, but I thought it was really
0: interesting. Did you buy that? Oh, you're walking in with the big dogs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is this is a greater scale than just walking into your locker room Where even as if you're a Sebastian who's been in the league for several years now and as a premier player of the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, he's had big time players before teammates before. Sure. But now it's everybody at an all-star game. And I think there's just always something that you can learn. You know, you go out for the morning skate, you see how somebody tapes a stick. Like you just, you find these little glimmers of people's existence yeah. and their preparation that even for an all-star game, isn't going to be any different than what it is for a regular game. Yeah. And I think that everybody kind of filters that into themselves at this level. And that learning process is very interesting to me and very cool. Cause I did that a lot just by watching other goalkeepers. And, and, and as you guys could imagine getting to myself for a favorite moment, <laughs> um, I thought cam Talbot's two saves. unreal. In the second I the I wasn't going to steal that from you. That, that oh, was glory. I knew you my wanted it. Gracious yeah. <laughs> Talbot goes left to right, makes a save with the paddle of a stick out of the air. And I thought he was dead on the play. The rebound went right into the slot and he turns around pivots puts his pad back to the post, uses the Y theorem, makes the save. And I was about five rows back sitting with my old Las Vegas Wranglers teammate Aaron Power at the time. I nearly jumped out. of I did jump out of the seat. I was cheering. Okay. For somebody like myself who is agnostic to the sport and the players, I was out of my seat cheering for those saves. It was incredible. I, I, I was, I didn't, ex- you, there's always one or two saves that stand out in a game like this. Always. Those were the ones for me. They were phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I knew I knew you loved that save. It, though, when been. you were asking for a fair moment, I'm like he's going to the top of The, I'm save. the just for me, myself up. the way he had to stretch out to make that save, I'm thinking like are you warming up the same way you would for like a regular season game in this? I was in there, I was like man, I hope he didn't pull something like <laughs> no. stretching out and flipping the toe out
0: like that to what stop goalies it. Goalies are always afraid of is you're really of all the people that <sighs> actually like risk this? injury in an all-star game, it's the goalies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you, you're Totally on. And I remember the all-star game in Carolina. And if I'm not mistaken, Jonas Hiller took a shot upside the head in, I don't even know if it was the game or it might've been the skills competition, one of the shooting competitions. And I believe they, the, the Ducks at least believe that that contributed to some ongoing vertigo issues <clears throat> and And really never the same. They felt that that I know in talking to ducks people after the fact, they felt he was never the same after that incident. So I found that interesting as
2: well. And this is a thought I had because we're sitting there and we watch and the players with the puck on their stick, they're maybe going 60% most of the time in this all-star game, right? Like maybe. And then there was a few times where a guy would come in and you're thinking like, okay, they're all trying to do the little backdoor pass and put it into an open net and guy would just whiz one and just fire it. And I was thinking if I'm a goalie, Like the mental side of it, and you can probably speak this, Mike, the mental side of sitting in there and watching the guys going at like 50, 60% and bang, a guy rips one at you. If I'm a goalie, I would almost be like, you know what? Let's either go a hundred percent or let's just agree. We aren't ripping pucks at me today.
0: Well, what happens in these types of games is that you're just expecting the pass at all times. And first shot of the game was Tom Wilson today. Picks it up and just buries it short side on John Gibson. (laughs) And I could tell that Gibson was sitting on the pass. Yeah. I would have been sitting on the pass because nobody wants to be selfish in an all-star game. Mm-hmm. But leave it to Mr. Oh, Heel, yeah. Tom Wilson. They of the booed Washington Capitals. So uh, Takes the first shot. Man, I think everybody in the building was rooting. For, not everybody that's a Vegas Gold Knights fan, but everybody else in the building was just dying to see Wilson be the MVP of the game and trot <laughs> yes, out there sir. and hear the boos rain down. He, he might be... I, think I, don't I don't know. Like do, you that. Think, do you think Brad Marchand or Tom Wilson is more hated in the NHL? It may, <laughs> might be. Are they the top two? They're,
2: oh, they're top two for sure. It's tight, though. I, I have a new favorite. I have another favorite moment. Wilson comes out for the player entrances. And he gets booed the whole way. Kuznetsov comes after him and Kuznetsov like skating at Wilson, booing at him as well. When he does his player <laughs> entrance, it was so good. But they, Vegas has
1: hate Tom Wilson. Big time. It's so good. It, well, it goes back to the final, it right? It does, they, yeah. It's the big hit early in that series that the golden knights didn't like felt it turned the series mm-hmm. in favor of, of washington
0: yeah and, and i think um let, let's pay a little homage to the vegas golden knights fans here they were represented well yeah this was not just purely a snowbird crowd dropping in for a game nope. there were people from all over absolutely but the locals that represented well here and you know you heard it as soon as the national anthem went and night you hear it in the middle of the song it Scare the hell out of me okay, you gotta be ready for it but um but yeah i, th- I thought in general that you know the, the the golden knights fan base especially really showed to the league uh-huh. that hey we're here. We're hockey fans. Yeah. We don't just need our team on the ice.
1: I never worry about this franchise. You know, at some point they are going to they're not going to the final every year. And, you know, at some just point don't tell Bill Foley. That. <laughs> well, it's just it's going to happen. <laughs> but I don't worry about this fan base is. You know, is it where the relationship suddenly goes south? I just I think it's built to last here. It's been fun. And I was talking with our friend Lindsey Brown the other night and I was just kind
2: of saying, you know, there was a lot of people outside because I'm just a purely outsider perspective on this market who said it's great what they're doing with hockey. But when NFL comes, if NBA or MLB comes, they will dominate. And I talked to her about that and she said, no, not the case at all. There is such, because the Golden Knights are their own, right? And this gets talked about a lot, but like- Vegas born hashtag. Vegas born. Like there is, you go stand on the strip and watch the cars go by. Every 10th car will have a Vegas Golden Knights license plate. Like it's unreal to see. And this is something I noticed when I came here a couple of years ago, the buy-in from this city to how much they love this team and support this team. It's unreal. Still, even now, after a year of the Raiders or whatever, there is
1: way more Golden Knight stuff around the city than there is Raider stuff. Well, and I wonder, again, Mike, because you know this market, having spent so much time here, like, I think part of also what is important as you start to move forward, like... Don't you imagine that there will be tons of alumni who make their home here or at least have a residence here for part of the year? Like, you know, St. Louis has got a huge St. Louis is incredible. Carolina is similar in the sense that people played in St. Louis and lived there long after they were done. And Carolina is very similar. But I think the same thing will happen here on on some scale, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. So no question about it. There's, there's plenty of incentive to live in Vegas. If this is place you choose. I mean, from, I mean, players always like to talk about tax issues, state state tax tax and stuff, but like, it's just a good place to live. If you live in a nice community, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Vegas is like any other city. There's good and bad parts of town, but there's just so much to do here and your proximity to get a flight to LA real quick. You can get a flight to anywhere from here. It's simple. And I, I think it's, it's something we're seeing more and more now that players really do put roots down where they've played. Dallas, you see it. Yeah. Tampa Bay, hockey on Tampa is very good at the youth level now because players are starting to remain there. We saw yeah. it in St. Louis. And even, you know, Columbus is going to eventually feel that someday. Pittsburgh's felt that. So um, it's definitely, I believe, going to turn into one of the top alumni areas. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that the Golden Knights, I trust will be ahead of that. They will probably have someone appointed as the head of our alumni network to be able to, to manage that and be able to filter it through the community. Cause truly in an NHL market, you know, your players are so busy with everything they do. Really your greatest asset in the community is your alumni network. And I mean, we I ran into Kelly chase last night. Who's for years been one of the greatest ambassadors in the St. Louis area. He's put, so much into youth hockey i mean in his own i mean money time everything and you know i i just envision someone like chaser in la or in in vegas here really taking hold of it and making it something special yeah because that's what it is in st louis now
1: he's a he's a great guy kelly chase So Oh yeah. Kelly Chase. I,
2: uh, his brother, Kyle, I know very well from my AJHL covering oh. days. And
0: that's my connection to the chase. Yeah, family. You won't find anybody in St. Louis that doesn't owe a debt of gratitude to Kelly Chase yeah, and definitely. what he did for youth hockey there. Good, good man.
1: All right. We're getting near the end here. Final thought. We even talked skills competition at all. Yeah, that's all right. We talked about it last night. <laughs> well, we talked
2: about it on the video uh, last night, right, but I mean, on the, dude, you got to you know, give the suitcase and the scribe subscribers what they want. Right. The Trevor Zegras moment. Okay. Trevor Disgusting. Unreal.
0: Unbelievable hands. Uh, the highlight for sure. Mm hmm. Like Even though time. he somehow
2: didn't win the event, <laughs> yeah, that was John Hamm giving Petrangelo a nineteen. <laughs> yeah, what? That was a that was a homer play. <laughs> that was a St. Uh, Louis play.
0: I'll give you the highlight was maybe Mike Tyson with a fake tiger on the ice. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Pretty unbelievable. That was pretty good. And I I will say actually the low light though for me and really the whole weekend was Petrangelo's attempt in the shootout. They <laughs> tried to build him a light up jersey to go along with the uh, with the with band the drummers. Plays Yeah. For, yeah. And the LED band. Yeah. And Nightline is the name of it, oh. I believe. And they, for a city that's got a lot of money and a lot of people that know how to build these types of wardrobes, yeah. I was shocked to see scotch tape holding on a barely noticeable neon outline on the front of his jersey that looked like a Mickey Mouse head. Yeah. That shocked me. I thought that they could have nailed that. I was very disappointed because- Man, Vegas never misses in that. Like the, the team never misses, yeah. and, and that was a that was strike three. Like that was the worst <laughs> attempt to all of them. But it sure, John Hamm was sure happy with
2: it. Yeah. Um, so like. Zegris goes up first and he does what he does and it's hilarious like every part of it coming out in the average joe's thing mm-hmm. the dodgeballs being thrown at him him scoring the goal he does that which is just knows. like
0: yeah i mean he put it in the net yeah like stupid
2: stuff and then you're sitting there like oh i at least i was i was like man i feel for jack hughes he's got to follow this thing up yeah. and then jack Hughes' attempt had like some showmanship to yeah. it he the brings little the little magic kid. trick yeah, yeah he brings the kid out of the box and i'm like okay whoever's going next like Come on, you gotta feel for him. And then it's Debrinkad who has the funny hangover bit and all that. And then you're right, Mike. Like when Petrangio is coming up, I'm like, they are going to have something
1: insane for this Vegas, Golden Knights, all this stuff. And it was just like, ah. No, okay, actually, yeah. a bit of a dud. Oh, so one, uh, one of the highlights for me today was uh, seeing our friend Manon Rion. Yes, absolutely. Um, up in the uh, press box and had a nice chat with her. But she, of course, was one of the uh, celebrity goalies. It's a tough gig. In the uh, breakaway challenge along. Uh, um, and I thought that was it was kind of fun to hear her take on, you know, how it had all gone down and what it was, uh, you know, what it was like. <laughs> and yeah, I I, I was. Uh, Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Um, And even again, you know, the the criticism of, you know, the cadence of it and, you know, the pacing of it. Anyway, it's small potatoes.
0: Yeah, it was entertaining. It definitely drug on at times. But I think that they they did a good job of incorporating the strip as much as they could and being creative that way. And I do think, though, that that skills competition is the perfect time for the Mm -hmm. NHL to utilize and showcase the personalities of the players. And it doesn't have to be somebody at the game. You know, bring in Brad Marchand and give him the microphone for the whole thing. Yep. Bring in Jordan Martin and give him the microphone for the whole thing. Like there are players, believe it or not, in the NHL that have big personalities. Mm-hmm. And that would have kept the whole skills count going yeah. because that yeah. event needed a clown. It needed a clown between acts. It needed yeah. to be like Mr on the strip <laughs> and have something to focus your eyes on while they change the set in the background. Yeah. And that's what the NHL was missing. And it surprised me again, we're in Vegas. I, I was surprised that wasn't leveraged, but I think it's a, it's kind of a teaching point going forward to these other events. Like keep people entertained, yeah. let them see something, you know, and I know they want to go buy beer, but like, especially here. Yeah, I keep them in something. their seat.
2: you brought up the comparison to like Paul Bisonette, right? When he does his like warm up interviews or any interview he yeah. does on TNT, right? Like that relationship fans like that
0: stuff. Yeah. And I think it needs to be a current player, yeah. Tyler. I, I don't want it to be biz. Yeah. Biz does his own thing and he's phenomenal at it. I think we need current players, but they got to find the right ones to do it. And mm-hmm. just, and just tell them go the mic's yeah. open, but remember that. Yeah. yeah remember that.
2: <laughs> Cause like Jerry D was funny, but also like, you know, when he lobbed something at Zach Wierenski and Zach Wierenski is just like, Yeah it's like okay well that kind of like kills the vibe right like you need buy-in <laughs> from the players and you'd get a better buy-in from the players i think you yeah. nailed it yeah. if you had a player on the other end of it it would loosen everything up that's a tremendous idea the other idea play music the whole all-star oh, game
0: right? yes. they yeah. had dj zed or zed the dj or I, whatever I mean, I i'm not know. into that I, but like zed's a big deal apparently and we're not talking about pulp Viction, Zed. we're talking about zed the dj yes. like why is he not Tyler, you said, i think you said this why is he not between the glass yeah. Yes. Said that? yeah. like them between the tunes glass and yeah. With the turntables full set in there, like keep it pumping, like make it a club in the arena.
2: Like man. I get, maybe they want to keep it somewhat close to real hockey, but don't scrap it this is like real hockey let's do no whistles (laughs) pond hockey rules tag up after goals you know what if the puck hits the mesh and comes back down who cares let's just go let's just keep playing the goalies aren't covering it they waved off every single icing possible like let's just go and make this thing as much of a spectacle as you can and if it's a hundred degrees away from what the actual sport of hockey or the nhl looks like on a normal basis who cares? Good. It's the All Star Game. Yeah, Let it
0: go.
1: So next year, when we're all reconvened in South Florida for All Star 23, mm-hmm. we'll have some. The, the, you know, the comparison we'll be able to to give a legitimate comparison. I think the pressure's on, you know, the Panthers, and that's a way different, you know, physical setup there with the arena and Sunrise, and it's all you know the community's a little bit more spread out. But I think it does. I think an event like this in Vegas challenges those that come after to to really d- think outside the box and and not to just fall back to old patterns. So mm-hmm. I, I hope we I hope the
0: gauntlet's been thrown down for Florida for next year. I hope so. And, you know, these last couple of minutes of ours, they're just brainstorming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to think we're complaining yeah. and it's no, we're just we want to see it be as good as it can possibly yeah. be. And yeah. You got to try things if you ever want to improve in life.
2: That's true. What can they do to work in the city of Florida or sorry, not city of Florida, but that, that area there, the mm-hmm. way Vegas did. Like, That's are we going to have I think you know? it's, yeah. I think oh, it's clearly, That's right.
0: clearly, really, we bring back the relay race and the skills comp. Yeah. But instead of orange cones, we have live alligators. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I think you could just say oranges instead of the pylons, but gators would way more fun. Yeah, no, I'm with Burmese, you on pythons. <laughs> Gator in a cage.
0: cage Gotta be something. A cage makes it a little sterile, though.
1: I'm, I'm just I know <clears throat> I know the guys at the PA. Scott, They're Scott knows the g- Department of Player Safety will not stand for that. They're not, and the <laughs> NHLPA will they will put a, they will say a firm no to live gators involved. So uh all right. We are we are gonna end this episode now. But I'm going to ask you normally I like to have the last word because it's it's a control thing, but no parting thoughts, parting shots, parting thoughts from you, Tyler, on what you'll take away from this weekend or I don't know. If I could sum it up in a short thing,
2: it's just fun. Like you walk around the strip, like I said, you see jerseys, you see fans from different fan bases interacting. There's laughs in the arena. Players aren't taking it too seriously. So people who are watching it from afar also shouldn't
1: take it that seriously. It's just fun. Did you see Pete DeBoer's comments after the uh, oh. the game where he said somebody asked him a question about the game? He's like, I got to be honest. I really wasn't paying attention. And what maybe was it about something in the crowd? I don't even know what the question was about, but he was like, I have to be honest. I wasn't really paying attention. In fact, if I'm totally honest, I'm a
0: bit hungover today. <laughs> I thought that was OK. Yeah. All right. I've seen that movie. Well, I and that's my takeaway from this is that I think this weekend's a turning point. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that with everything that we've talked about previously with the testing rules and the players and COVID, like what we saw today was really in this weekend was as close to the normalcy we've seen before. Yeah. And I think we have more of that going forward and we should all be grateful for that, I think. Um, and it should be wildly entertaining from here on out until we get to the Stanley cup fight playoffs.
1: Couldn't agree more. And I will leave with my final thought. It's been a ton of fun hanging out with you guys. A lot of mm-hmm. great work, Tyler. Outstanding work. It's been great Thank to you. see you face to face, and Mike. Great to see you face to face, and we, even though we talk every Wednesday morning, and uh, it was a lot of work and and a ton of fun. I feel very privileged to have worked alongside you the last three or four days, both of you. It was oh, a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It
0: is a convivial meeting of all the minds, <laughs> and it's nice to have daily face off all together at once.
1: True that. Well, for. Tyler Uremchek. They say that, right? Oh, yeah, you got it. You got it. Mike McKenna, Scott Burnside. This has been the special episode of The Suitcase and The Scribe live from Tyler's room in Las Vegas, Nevada. Shout out to DoorDash.
0: Thanks for listening to The Suitcase and The Scribe, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.